Welcome into the seventh episode of a sports podcast that captures everything you want to know as the buzzer sounds at the end of any sports game. It's Will Farrell here with you this afternoon on February 16th, 2018, welcoming listeners to the seventh episode of Will's Fifth Quarter Special. I have the pleasure to be here with you this afternoon with my guest co-host, Jason Clare. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Will. We really appreciate it. We are going to be touching on various key subjects, starting with the Illinois State softball team. They started their season last weekend, and... They are on the road once again in Arizona, so we will touch on our thoughts with their upcoming matchups. The Redbird men's basketball team fell to Bradley Wednesday night in the battle for I-74, so what can we expect from them to bounce back at home Saturday against Northern Iowa? The Chicago Bulls' first half is in the books as the NBA All-Star Weekend begins this weekend in Los Angeles. We will recap the big moments from the first half for the Chicago Bulls and our predictions from what we can expect from Laurie Markkinen and Chris Dunn in the Rising Stars Challenge. The MLB Spring Training 2018 is now underway in Florida and Arizona, and the Cubs and White Sox are getting set for another new season. Do the great strides made by the Southsiders in year one of the rebuild bring more expectations for year two? Does the new pitching coach and the U Darvish signing improve the Cubs' chances as contenders in 2018? We will also have updates on any action as it comes in the new NFL offseason for the Chicago Bears and Will Sports Movement. We're going to get into the nitty-gritty right here. I'm going to start with Jason here. So Jason, we're going to touch on it briefly here first. The... Illinois State softball team, glad to have baseball and softball season back around the campus. They were in the USF Wilson DeMarini tournament in Florida, but they were able to pull out one of five, and they're beginning their weekend tournament. They're in action right now. They've just played two games in Tempe, Arizona for the Arizona State Littlewood Classic, 20th consecutive year. That's pretty impressive. So Jason, this team last weekend, they were only able to pull off one of five. You know, it's a very young team, so... How can they bounce back from that last road trip with their upcoming matchups this weekend? Well, looking back at who they played last week, <clears throat> number two team in the country, Florida Gators, Michigan, a solid Big Ten team. These are the type of early season matchups in which the Redbirds can build a solid foundation and learn. You're not going to win these games, going to lose by several runs, lost last week to Florida 9-0. But this is what Melinda Fisher said last season. It carries them throughout the rest of the year. They, they're building blocks. They're improving. They t Yes, despite the losses, they're taking and not making the same mistakes. And that's why two years ago and last year, they've had good conference seasons because they're playing strong competition. Now, in softball, your non-conference schedule isn't what's going to get you there. What's going to matter, have success in your respective conference. Play well in the Valley. See how much success you can see in the Valley Tournament. That is what's going to propel you into the NCAA field. Building off what you said, Will, looking at this weekend against the Little League, excuse me, Little Wood Classic, Texas State dropped a real close one, two to one. Then now they take on San Diego, and actually, as we speak, they're playing. Yeah, um, very that, uh, that's close timing right there. Yeah, Central. And I think it's it's going to be a tightly and closely contested matchup. I wasn't sure who was going to the circle today, but you, you have to look to your senior in this situation. That's Sarah Fink, a Peoria, a Peoria local. She's really carried the birds throughout her four years, and you can expect nothing but the best from her. And Melinda Fisher puts her full faith in Fink several times. I think I believe she led the Redbirds in innings pitch last season. So this is you're looking for this. You're pitching, of course. You want your your hits to come along. I always say this in baseball and softball. Hits will be there. 
on base will be there. Offense will be there. You have to focus on the pitching and the defense because you have to prevent the other team from scoring runs. If you, okay, listen here. If you score 10 runs in an inning and your pitching's not solid, what's stopping them from scoring 11? Exactly. Taking the lead right back from you. So wrapping up with this, ISU, don't be discouraged. You're playing exceptionally tough competition. Just look at who they're playing. Texas State, that's probably a team that can play outdoors year-round. San Diego, that's a year-round school. Florida, year-round. They play Arizona State, another top 25 team, year-round. You cannot be discouraged. Learning lessons. I can't touch on that even more with you, Jason, there. I mean, Coach Melinda Fisher in her 33rd year for the Redbirds. That's really impressive. Something I was thinking about before the show here, that infield. I think I was watching... A bit of the game. Thank God for online streaming. Good Lord. Um, but that infield, Melinda Fisher features. Allison Spence, senior Riley Strangard this season, Alyssa Weeble, and Alex Kaliva. The young team. Redbirds are, I think last year they were the third youngest team. They added some more impressive recruits I've heard through the Redbird Athletics. So, as we mentioned, the softball team, their upcoming games, they just finished one against San Diego, or it's finishing right now over in Tempe, Arizona, against San Diego. They have upcoming Saturday at 12.30 p.m. They will face San Diego once again in Tempe, Arizona. Following that, they will face number 18-ranked Arizona State, a big, tough matchup there for the Redbirds, and they will finish Sunday at 10 a.m. with North Dakota. I'm impressed with softball, the way they're playing, especially because they have a lot more morning games, so it's... I think that's real impressive. Now we're going to go into the big topic on campus at ISU. It's Redbird men's basketball. They lost in the battle to I-74 Wednesday against the Bradley Braves, 70-58. to That was not a loss that Coach Moore was expecting. So we got a lot to start with on this one. The Redbirds were short on defense in their last game. That was pretty well prevalent. Dan Moore talked a lot about that in his postgames. Keyshawn, they, he, Coach wasn't happy with how he played either. I was in for that presser. And... Now this is going to turn to Jason here. Uh, the Redbirds, they're without Phil Fane. That's a key loss for this Redbird team that's depending on these two veterans. And we talked about a lot on this show this year. Um, the Redbirds have lost five of their top eight starters this year, but they're playing pretty well at this young quarter, Jason. So going against you and I, they're very well experienced. Northern Iowa Panthers pretty well played this year in the conference. So with the Redbirds without Keyshawn and Phil, can they continue to depend on the younger players that have stepped up at this point in the season? I'm, I'm not someone that brings in non-basketball variables into the discussion, non-sport variables, uh, variables rather, but the home crowd's going to propel. Saturday afternoon game? Yeah, 5 p.m. tip-off, yes, sir. So early evening, late afternoon game. The crowd's going to be fired up. It's it's Saturday, and we're getting a thick conference season. Excuse me. Past it now. You know, you really want to get these crucial wins because this means the difference between the fourth seed, the third seed, the second seed. Granted, Loyola's probably been the one consistent team in the NBC. Very this impressive season, this year. I'd have to say. But then, uh, you know, the Land of Lincoln teams follow. Obviously, Drake's in third place, but they're Southern, which is a huge surprise. And ISU and Bradley. I mean, I remember just two years ago, Bradley was, I believe, the youngest team in Division One college basketball. And now, look, it just shows to the youth, and you, you hold on to your talent and see what happens. You're patient about it, and it carries over. We'll get back to your point. Can the Birds pull out a victory? I am predicting a win, uh, and I know this is a cheap argument. I think it's going to be because it's, because it's played at home. They really could use it. I think this would be their ninth win in conference. They're looking for any win possible. It's going to be a scrappy game, low-scoring game. I think final score is around 65-59. I had mine just about there, too. Yeah, very a, close game. Very close game. Uh, ISU, tendency, uh, plays down to its competition. Let's be honest here. And we've seen it so many times, and this is this will be a case, but they'll pull away late. I could 
believe that. Elijah Clarence and the Illinois State Redbirds, they are hosting in Normal, Illinois tomorrow night, 5 p.m. tip-off, the UNI Panthers. Following that matchup, they will remain at home till next Wednesday, February 21st, tip-off against the Drake Bulldogs. Their next road game is scheduled for February 24th at 1 p.m. Now going into the Chicago Bulls. So we're going to touch briefly on the Bulls. They closed out their first half of the season with a record of 20-37. and 37. So for a rebuilding team, that's what you're looking for. Finally, they're able to, quote, tank a little bit. I mean, it's sad to see Nico go, but it had to be done. And Laurie Markkinen and Chris Dunn, we were just talking about before the show here. It, they're, they're talking about it with the Bulls media, you know, Chicago. They're painting the picture of four key long-term pieces in that starting lineup. And you guys might disagree with me here, but I think – Guys like Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, Laurie Markkinen, and I don't want to toot my horn too soon, but I'd love to see Aiden be in a Bulls uniform. I think he's impressive, but it, it just shows the point that the Bulls have a really bright future. Laurie Markkinen and Chris Dunn in the one of the big challenges in the All-Star Weekend. The Bulls are currently off right now as they are in the All-Star Weekend. We at Will's Fifth Quarter Special will prepare you in the next few weeks for the second half of the Bulls rebuild first season dark horse dark horse pick for the skills challenge tomorrow night in la Lori markinen will win that competition i think he'll be the third consecutive big man big man too and i heard he's been practicing for it Lori markinen he's gonna hopefully finish the bulls all-star weekend festivities pretty well now we're gonna go into something white Sox and cubs spring training so jason we're gonna touch on it with the Sox here first they bring back a familiar player in a minor league deal who was a favorite of mine, and a lot of listeners here might not know, Hector Santiago. He left the White Sox. He was built in the farm system, one of the homegrown players years ago in the mid-2000s, was part of a three-team deal that sent Tyler Skaggs and sent Santiago himself to the Angels, and it sent Adam Eaton to the White Sox. A lot of White Sox fans do not remember that trade. That was a very big trade. Now, a lot of people don't like Kenny Williams, but I respect what they're doing over there with Rick Hahn now in the front office. So, Jason, we're going to touch on it there. Um, the White Sox, they're in year two of a rebuild, and there's a lot of expectations. You know, they have a lot of things coming up. You know, with the Cubs, they were able to build that system. It took a little longer because I think the Sox had more value to trade. And, Jason, what do you think uh, for year two of the Sox rebuild? Maturation periods take a little bit. I think the, the problem is – what White Sox fans face is they see their buddies eight miles north and how they did it, and they just think, oh, well, look at it. It can be done. It's possible, which is – it's a double-edged sword. The one edge, great, awesome, it's possible, can get done. However, on the other sword, on the other edge, easier said than done. I think they have the pieces. They have the brains in the front office. They put the right people in there making the decisions. I really think that the manager – of the White Sox, and ultimately, the pieces are there. Now, I'm not sure if Renteria is going to survive the entire rebuild. I really don't know, because I remember, in, if I if I recall correctly, I think he was a manager that was hired after Mike Quaddy, but was fired before Joe Maddon. Exactly, And yeah. he was kind of like the guinea pig to the whole thing. He was a couple years, honestly, I can't even, that'd be, I'd be going on such a whim and saying, oh, he could have won with that team. I think Joe Mann was a, a match made in heaven with the Cubs. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but moving definitely. on, yes, the, the White Sox have it in, in them. They are in a great situation. The Tigers will not win. The Tigers might go back to Dimitri Young Tigers, maybe 35 wins in one season. They are that bad. Not many pieces left. 
The Indians, I think they'll be back. I mean, Michael Brantley, can you play more than 100 games in a, in a season once in four? We hope so, yeah. He's very impressive. He, oh, he's exceptionally impressive, but he just when he's on the field. And the Royals, they're up and down. You don't know to expect from them. And the Twins, I think that, that, that th this might be the Twins division this year. Honest to goodness, okay. I think oh, they've no. gotten a little bit better. <laughs> Uh, but the White Sox, they have a lot ahead of them. And But there's no reason White Sox fans going into the season should be feeling nothing but positive vibes. You, you, you can't sit here and demand greatness when you haven't experienced it because how do you know what greatness is? Do you understand? Yep. With this team, you have to give credit where credit's due. They've done everything right to this point, if that makes any sense. They're doing all they can. Each player will pull their weight, hopefully. And you just have to take it with a grain of salt. All-Star break, that's where, that's where everyone should make some serious inclinations about w what's going on with the season. However, up until then, enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. You know, I, I'm a casual Cubs fan. I'm not going to sit here and declare, I'm a diehard Cubs fan. I enjoyed the process. I enjoyed watching it. But, yeah, it was tough. 2011, 2012. Here's a factoid for you. On, on the last series, October of 2012, the Houston Astros played against the Chicago Cubs at Wrigley Field. That was the only time in MLB history that I, I forgot when it started. It, they they were both 100 plus lost teams. Yeah, year. I think I know. And what then you're they about, won yeah. the World Series. So they're the first teams in baseball history to have 100 plus losses and meet and win the World Series. It was some crazy factoid. It was like a, 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 a you know uh, an Elias Sports Bureau Bureau piece. But it was just goes to show you they were the last. I mean, the Houston Astros with Justin Maxwell and Brian Bogusevic from. Oklahoma, Illinois, they were the laughing stocks, and so, and so were the Cubs. But look at, and that Sports Illustrated cover predicted it, hit the nail on the head. World Series champs 2017, and what? why, why not the White Sox? Why yeah, not I see 2019 Sox? for that. Actually, I just yeah. think what happens, though, is what gets diluted in the whole diagnosis Fans, they want, they want, they have the champagne taste on the beer budget. I want it now. Well, it's not going to happen now, Veruca Salt. All right, it's going to happen nice, when it I like happens. that. It's, it's got, you have to slow it down and, and take a few breaths. Enjoy the journey. Embrace the failures and the positives. And a big positive for White Sox fans here as listeners can now enjoy the White Sox as they made a deal with 720 AM WGN Radio. It's the Chicago Cubs. Just to update the listeners here, they signed Hugh Darvish, the starting pitcher that was featured in the LA Dodgers World Series. He signed with the Cubs to a six-year, $126 million deal. Chicago Cubs, as we talked about, they, I think, just, I'm going to put a disclaimer there. I think the Cubs, you know, being a Sox fan, I see what they're doing over there. I think they're going to have a good chance this year. I think the one thing that I'm going to predict for, I'm not going to, I'm going to go really in-depth here, guys. I'm going to predict NLC and ALCS right here and right now. I think the Nationals are going to be the one thing in the Cubs, like, rearview mirror to watch out for because Davey Martinez, I mean, you can't say enough about what great things he did with Joe Madden and the Cubs when the Cubs were, you know, winning in 2016. That was just impressive to see what he's able to do. I think he's going to work wonders for a Washington Nationals team, and I, I think that's the only thing the Cubs will have to worry about probably the most. As we mentioned, the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox are still currently starting spring training actions. Pitchers and catchers reported this past Monday, and we will also be able to look forward to a free agent minicamp in the spring training. So I'm very excited to see that. Jason, what do you think about that? You know who's not reporting to spring training? I'm shocked as of February 16th. Jake Arrieta. Who would have thought in the offseason if you said a free agent pitcher like Jake Arrieta is not signed by mid-February? It's a really big surprise, too. That curveball is very impressive. 
We're headed now into our next segment, Will's Sports Movie Moment. We all have our favorite moments, not just in the sports we watch, but in our own favorite sports movies. This segment will give my guest host, myself, and the listeners at home a chance to pick their own favorite moment from their favorite sports movie to compare it to modern day sports. Listeners now can hop onto the podcast Facebook and Twitter page and post their own favorite sports movie moments. I'm going to start here. Jason, you'll follow it. So it's a really interesting one. I was coming home from class early this morning, and there's a basketball movie called Glory Road. It came out in 2006. Story about UTEP, formerly Texas Western, a commuter school. And I think Illinois State fans are going to like this comparison. So you take ISU. They're kind of the lower team of the two coming into this game with a lot of predictions. And in this movie, Texas Western was Illinois State in that sense in this game. They were the lower team. Nobody cheered for. Nobody knew about them. And they faced a Iowa team, ironically, Iowa. And we're talking about ISU Northern Iowa. So I, the moment for me was Texas Western came into that game. You know, new coach in Don Haskins, a lot of new players, new identity. And they went in this game. The first half did not go well. They were down by 16. And he told his players a very interesting thing in that press conference. And it's it sticks with me to this day. Do you want to quit? He asked them first, do you want to quit? If you quit, you quit the rest of your life. They went and won that game. They went on to pull off the greatest upset in history. So I think a lot of fans in Redbird Arena, Redbird Country, when they're in the game tomorrow night, they see a Northern Iowa team that's more experienced, more together. The Redbirds still have that. They're still building that identity. So I think fans trust that, but there's still some, I believe, that are waiting to see that. So that's going to be my moment. And the one movie I like, although it's centered around basketball, but I think it teaches – several life lessons is coach carter and would accurately depict you know uh you oh, know yeah. a, a, a california you know setting um and i i i i say that as in you know that kind of neighborhood and, and that culture where you know that, that 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 stuff takes place but i'll just never forget you, you know i think it came out i was you know barely double digits i was 10 11 years old saw it in the theater and I really grasped on it. I'll just never forget that last that last game. They're playing that LeBron James like prospect. I think it's oh that guy I think was pretty tall, yeah. Ty Crane. I don't know. I forgot what high school was, but Ty Crane. Incredible. And don't player. yeah, it, it was a private school. Yeah, they the played, one Coach Carter's son turned down too. Yes, and don't they um they lose the game, don't? They? But just goes to show you, like you lose, you're going to lose sometimes in life, but it, it's just not always things aren't meant to happen. You know, you can't you can't want so much. You can't get greedy. Understand the cards you're dealt, and 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 take what you get. And I know I'm not I'm not comparing it to a specific basketball situation. I'm just comparing it to life, and then just always put your best foot forward. Don't don't ever look back. Don't be regretful. Make the right decisions. You know, have the right people in your life. Live within your means, and stuff really you know begins to fall in your favor. And that is just how it is. And they go on, and they and I'll never forget the montage at the end. It goes each player. They all graduate high school, even though the graduation rate was garbage. They all graduate. They have, they go on. The one kid raises his son. The other kid goes on to college. This kid does this. The one kid signs a contract in Europe. It just goes to show you, like, you know, yeah, who cares? You didn't win a high school state championship game. Easy for me to say. I didn't ever play near its high school state championship game. Neither did but I. I'm with you there. Your mantra is. Don't ever give up, and that's why I I absolutely Jimmy love Jimmy V. Movie. There we go. And and they could have picked a better actor than Samuel L. Jackson. That is all the time we have in episode seven of Will's fifth quarter special. Tune in next time as we will have our guest appearance. Blake Haas will join us. He'll talk Redbird men's basketball as they prepare for the upcoming Arch Madness MVC Conference tournament. Followed by more Chicago sports talk. 
Will Sports Movie Moment will follow that as well. Reach out to us on the Will's 5th Quarter Special Facebook page, our website contact me page, that's williamdfarlow.weebly.com. We're now also on Snapchat at willfarlow44, and our Twitter page, williamdfarlow. I want to thank our guest, Jason Clare, for traveling down to to Normal to join me this afternoon. Pleasure to have you back with me here. And well, I wanted to say this, I, being such a close follower of this podcast, it's incredible. So many people talk in this world and they talk about passions and they and they talk about what they're going to do and they talk about how they're going to succeed. Like, but you you do, you do everything and your actions have always spoken louder than uh, your words. It's been an incredible uh, experience on this show. I'm so proud of the person that you are. You hit the ground running every day. You have the winningest attitude I've ever seen of anyone, and I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of the person you're becoming, and I'm, I'm here to support you in any way possible. So thank you so much. When the fourth quarter buzzer sounds, turn to us for your fifth quarter sports talk. For Will Farlow, Jason Clare, so long from Will's fifth quarter special.